0: Welcome to A Shower of Roses. I'm Jenna, your host. On this podcast, we read together the readings for the upcoming Sunday Mass in the Roman Catholic Church so that when you walk into Mass on Sunday, you feel enlightened and empowered with the knowledge of the Gospel that you need to have a meaningful and personal experience with Christ every week. I'm Catholic, but you certainly don't have to be to listen to this podcast. The Gospel is for anyone, anywhere, at any state of life. We're so glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, This week, we're going to be reading the readings for August 16th, 2020, which is the 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And this week, I am joined by a fabulous, fabulous guest, Miss Ashley Diaz from More Like Mary. Ashley, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so, um, so excited to have you and to talk with you. Yeah. Um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your faith and, uh, your ministry? Yeah. So my name is Ashley
1: and I am 22 years old. I live in Georgia and, um, well, my faith journey is super long, but right now, what I'm doing is that I'm the director of youth ministry at my parish. Um, at a parish at like a little north from me, um, I started when I was 21. I'm actually the youngest youth minister <laughs>
0: in the diocese. <laughs> is that your, That's your full time job? Yeah, that's, that's amazing.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so that's such a God thing because I think me alone <laughs> could never. Do this, um, but yeah, I'm the youngest in the diocese, and um, people kind of make fun of me Other youth ministers in the air. They're like, "Oh, our little our little grunt is here," or like, "She's so cute. She's just so young." But yeah, I'm I'm the youngest, and like I said, like such a God thing that I'm doing it. So I'm a full time youth minister, um, leading teens closer to Christ, and that's what I do. And right now, I'm going to college, and um, I'm majoring in theology with a minor in communications. So the Lord you know, this long journey that he's had me on just kind of led me to this point where I want to do ministry forever. And that's all I desire to do is just build his kingdom truthfully in any way. Um, And it doesn't have to be just like youth ministry. Like I'm so obedient to like whatever he wants from me in that season of my life, which is why I got my theology degree, because I want to just be obedient to whatever route he wants to take me in. But, um, right now that looks like, what it looks like right now is youth ministry. So that's kind of where I'm at. And then, um, me and two of my friends, Brianna and Jessica just started a woman's ministry and it's called more like Mary. Um, and, um, on Instagram, it's more like Mary underscore, but like in general, like what our goal is to bring a lot of women from the Atlanta area and just bring them together in community. Um, And yeah, because we just felt really called to start a women's ministry, like our age, young adult. So yeah, that's all I'm doing right now. But um, it's a little bit behind like my faith journey is that, well, my dad is not Catholic um, and my mom is. My mom is Catholic and she raised us in the Catholic church and um, allowed us to get our sacraments and brought us to mass every Sunday, went to Sunday school every Sunday, got confirmed and... Um, then joined like the youth ministry in high school and then left and um, so I come a little bit behind all that but when I made my faith my own was when I was 16 I had recently come out of uh, kind of a very toxic abusive relationship Um, and I begged the Lord in adoration two months before the relationship ended that if he was real that he was going to take me out of this situation because I alone couldn't and that was my greatest encounter of Christ ever because he did, he did get me out of that relationship, and um I found myself at the foot of the cross, just healing from a lot of things, um, starting with father wounds and family wounds, and a lot of wounds that I just didn't acknowledge at first, and kind of stuffed them down and replaced it with boys. <laughs> mm. <laughs> we know how that goes, but yeah there, yep, so I kind of just replaced that wound with boys and shoved it down and just didn't care um. So then like life went on, but I always say that my re- my reversion happened when I was 16, but a conviction happened in my heart when I was 21 of I was involved in ministry, but I wasn't living an authentic life. Like I was almost living a double life of yes, I'm doing ministry and at a church, I'm a good person. But behind church and closed doors, like who am I actually? And this conviction happened shortly after another breakup (laughs) and this one was um a lot harder on me because we were together for a very very long time like four years and it it was a really good relationship it was a very good relationship but um during this time I kind of struggled with mental illness depression anxiety and it kind of drained um the both of us and kind of strained that relationship and so it ended and um so after that, again, I found myself in a place of, <laughs> "Who am I, Lord? Like, what do you want from me now? Like, obviously, like you took it all away from me, right?" And at this point, I'm majoring, and I'm also majoring in biology for wow. three and a half years. Yeah, for three and a half years. And basically, long story short, I received this job as a director of youth ministry. I was going to school for biology at the same time, but I hit a moment where the Lord was like, "Beloved." do you not see what I'm calling you to do? Like, I desire you so much. And I desire your heart in an authentic way, not just at a church, but like, for, for you just like authentically you. And it took a lot of heartache and heartbreak and just suffering for me to get to this point. And when I said yes, like, I slowly started to realize that my vocation was wrong the whole time, which was part of the reason I was miserable. <laughs> I was majoring in the wrong vocation. And Finally, he convicted me and I right now have never felt so freed my whole life. And it's literally because Jesus put me at his, like at his feet and desired this like true authentic life for me. And obedience came behind that, you know, like we have to be obedient to that as painful as it is. But um, in that obedience came a lot of freedom. It came a lot of healing um, that literally like it's, it's just Jesus in me now. And, but it took a lot, like it took a lot of, I call it heavenly spankings
0: <laughs> for, for, me, for me to get here, um, but no, and that's where the Mary comes in, right? Yeah, literally, that's where Mary comes in and
1: it's like, come on, be a little bit more gentle on her, but yeah, like that's, that's kind of my faith journey. Um, a lot of, wow. pain, a lot of grief, a lot of heartache, um, father wounds, but the Lord definitely made that just like broken into something beautiful and my oh, life yeah. now so
0: yeah took a while but I'm here so you were a bio major for three and a half years yes before you supposed-
1: changed your major yeah
0: so yeah I was supposed so, to graduate
1: this December
0: oh yeah, my uh, word that takes so <sighs> much strength <sighs> to get that much far through a through a degree hmm and then to change, like, I, um, and I think this is important for, for kids in college to you know, and in high school, because I personally think it's absurd that anyone that's 18 years old should be expected what, to, to know what to do with their whole life. Oh, absolutely. It's ridiculous. <laughs> absolutely. And then the pressure that you feel to finish whatever program you went in as, because of all the money that you've already spent is insane.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then like the guilt that, that a lot of people carry for changing their major or for, you know, temporarily dropping out or dropping out altogether because again, because of this month, like the whole system is just so like, not saying that I don't believe in college or anything like that. Cause I really <laughs> do, but I don't think it's for everyone. And I don't think yeah. everyone should feel pressured to go and, or especially go right away, um, and so I I really admire your bravery for changing uh-huh. your major that far in because I really um, I remember college vividly and I would never have have the bravery to do that and even me like I was a I was a music ed major in college and I was feeling very burnt out at the yeah. like in my senior year and I was like I don't want to sing classical music anymore. Like I'm over it. I kind of hate it. I've grown to, res- I've grown to resent it basically. Yeah. And I, I, I couldn't change my major because I, I went to a public university and they didn't offer theology. And I, I definitely knew I wanted to teach. So I stayed in it for my, you know, for my teaching certificate. Um, but I knew I kind of experienced something very similar where I knew my senior year, I was like, Lord, like I loved music and I want to teach music, but like, I am miserable like studying classical music and (laughs) I I know that you are calling me to serve you. So like, if that looks like teaching music, that's fine. But if that looks like teaching theology or doing youth ministry, like you said, like, that's cool. Like I'll do that. Uh, I'll go and get my master's or like whatever. And I, and like it all worked out perfectly, like praise the Lord. But um, yeah, thank you for sharing that because I think more people need to hear that it's okay to, change your mind in college
1: oh yeah definitely and like it happened when I was in the middle of biochem too (laughs) I was sitting there and I was crying and I was like lord I'm enduring so much pain and I'm enduring so much heartache and just suffering of like figuring out that I'm not who I said I was this whole time and there's there's a grief in that like Mm. dying to yourself to your old self and finding yourself again there's a death, like there's a grief that goes on and a guilt that you have to carry because mm-hmm. then suddenly your heart changes and you're like, gosh, like I treated people this way and that's not what I wanted, you know? So in the midst of all this, I'm sitting in biochem too and I, I'm crying in the middle of class and the Lord says to me, beloved, look up. And I look up and I look up the board and he, I remember so vividly, he tells me, you were never called to this and I I never went back to class. It was October wow. of year. I dropped out that same day, and I was like, I'm not coming back, and I don't care that in a year and a half, I was supposed to graduate, and so I took a semester off, which was this past spring, um, to focus on my ministry and just kind of see where the Lord wanted, And but also to allow the time to heal. Like, I feel like a lot of people take a lot of guilt. There's a lot of guilt on dropping out, right, but I just needed this time to heal and to figure myself out. Um, and the Lord just, it made it so obvious through his people that I was called to do theology. And I am so freed from all of it. Like the anxiety, the depression, the guilt, that all of it, like there's so much freedom in it because Jesus came in, you know? So Mm. definitely there's no guilt or pressure to like, you know, college isn't for everyone. And like you said, how can people expect us to know what to do at 18? Ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, I was going to be a dentist. That's what I've been. Oh. That I was eight that I wanted to be a dentist. Um, so yeah, it was also a big burden because my parents um saw that I wanted to do that. Mm. For so so there's also that guilt of. actually Yeah, wanting- you're
0: not you're not making six figures doing youth men, girl. Nope. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you are not making six figures doing
0: youth ministry but it's your it's what it's our vocation right like it's it's yeah. it's bigger than a salary or something like that and then also with dentistry there's extra school after you're oh, right <laughs> yeah Whew. so I'm and not- it's, it's worth it if you feel passionate about it you know what I mean but to to be that miserable you know yeah. three and a half to know that there's what four years left yeah it's, it's not worth oh yeah your life sure.
1: yeah for sure so there's peace that I have oh to good use of school like I don't care that I have two more years of school you know like I'm happy and like vocation wise like this is what I meant to do so um yeah vocation's a very special but scary thing but it's good
0: (laughs) that's awesome thank you for sharing that and so with where are you going to school by the way
1: I'm going to Dayton University oh okay online yeah
0: oh oh, okay Cool, cool cool I've heard um I've heard good things so with the with more like Mary, um, I love this idea because. So is your guys' goal to like do like in person like, like meetups and and like stuff of that nature with girl with like women in your area?
1: Yes. Yeah, so it is the idea of bringing women in our area together physically, but like the okay, this is kind of funny. Sorry, me and Brianna met through Instagram. Like,
0: it's we're all- happening on Instagram, people. Like, it is. On Instagram-
1: Catholic Instagram is so crazy. Yes. I know. And so then Brianna and Jessica met through a Facebook Catholic page. And now they're living together. And Brianna comes from like different states. Like she traveled across the country to come live with her. And so like, it's crazy how the Lord just like brought us together. So it is this idea of bringing women in our area physically, but like also virtually um like holding zoom calls like within each other as bible studies or just like creating friendships I already created like five friendships off of that um like intentional ones of my own but like it's really just open for women who want to be authentic because I feel like there's a lot of ministries that just want to give love and just proclaim love and you know we're here for you we love you we're praying for each other but it's like there's not they're not talking about the wounds that a woman carry that are can be embarrassing or just not talked about. So that's kind of what our idea is to bring those darkness um, stuff into the light, like redemption after having sex before marriage, pornography, um, anything to that extent. You know that a woman is ashamed to speak about um, having an abortion, like those kinds of things that we are willing to speak to women. Um, all over literally just Instagram and virtually and we hold you know like little Zoom meetings and we talk about it um, but of course like if you're locally like we're always doing like brunches and stuff but uh, with this coronavirus <laughs> we have been having to put everything on hold but that is the idea of the ministry is that we are women who want to be more like our blessed mother um, in the way that she in her virtue and the way that she was nurturing in the way of what true feminism is right and that's who we are looking up to is what true feminism is and it's through our blessed mother and and like being at the foot of the cross with her and this idea of like being at the foot of the cross at the foot of the cross whether it be you need to surrender something you need to like give something to Jesus or you need or you just need him like it's it's anything you every every woman is walking different seasons of life right now and my version of being at the foot of the cross is so different from Brianna and Jessica's in you. Like maybe I need to be here just because I need them to love me. And like Brianna and Jessica need to be there to I don't know, like, um, what do you, how do you say it? Like, oh my goodness, I just like lost my train of thought. But it could be for many other reasons. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Many other yeah. reasons. Oh, they need to surrender something. Maybe they need to right. surrender something and I need something or whatever it may be. Like it's this, this idea of having women together at the foot of the cross the way Mary did, and Mary Magdalene was there, and Mary, the wife of Clopas, and John, but that's a different, like, sorry, but yeah, it's this idea of being at the foot of the cross as a woman, um, while, like, imitating the way that Mary lived.
0: Beautiful, I love that, and I love that you guys are, like, making it available to, you know, in person with the people in your area, but then also, you know, for whomever. Yeah, if they're not in your area which is nice. Yeah. And everyone needs that right now, like you said, in the time of coronavirus anyway, because none of us can be together whether or not we're Maybe. in person or not. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. That's awesome. And um, yeah, it's a beautiful ministry and a beautiful Instagram. So thank everyone you. will check it out <laughs> for sure. All right, cool. You ready to, uh, to dive into the readings for the week? Yes. Awesome. So we're going to be starting with the first reading, which is... Um, From Isaiah chapter 56, verse
1: 1 and verses 6 to
0: 7. Okay.
1: Okay. So do you want me to go ahead?
0: Go right ahead. Okay. The
1: first reading, it says, Thus says the Lord, observe what is right, do what is just. For my salvation is about to come, my justice about to be revealed. The foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, ministering to them, loving the name of the Lord and becoming his servants, all who keep the Sabbath free from profanation and hold to my covenant. Them I will bring to my holy mountain and make joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples.
0: The word I think, of- oh, thank you. Thank you, sweet God. <laughs> um, I was just gonna say, this is such a good reading for you because it reminds me of of your your ministry and what you guys are doing with more like Mary that like it's calling all these people together Mm -hmm. um you know to just come to the cross and come to the Lord um and that's what verses six and seven reminded me of as you were reading what stuck out to you as you were reading that
1: Um, what stuck out to me was the part where he says, and make joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifice will be accepted on my altar. I, just because like I was saying earlier, like come from a place of a lot of brokenness. um, There were a lot of things that I've had to offer up in silence. Um, Lord, I offer this heartache up for whatever intention I may have, or I offer this sacrifice that I, I may have, whatever intention I may have. And just reading this where he says it will be accepted on my altar. Um, it's really reassuring because sometimes we don't see the prayer intention come super fast, you know, or we are so discouraged because the sacrifice or the offering is probably painful, you know, like it's supposed to be kind of sacrificial. So it's reassuring that he's saying that it will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called the house of prayer for all people. Mm. So it's like all of our prayers in this house. Like if I imagine this little house, where all of our prayers, all of our sacrifices, all of our offerings, we're all together, and he's built. He's kind of building it for us as we're praying, without even knowing. You know what I mean? So yeah. What stood out to me? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, like our offerings and our sacrifices all look different. Like we're yeah. all bringing something different but the bottom line is that it's a sacrifice and what might be a sacrifice for me Mm -hmm. might seem something like really, really small to someone that's like super pious and virtuous and has it together like I do not, you know what I mean? But it doesn't make it any less of a, of a sacrifice. It's not the amount, it's the, it's The the intention, right? Thank you. Um, I was thinking, I I like this first verse that it says, my salvation is about to come. My justice about to be revealed. Mm -hmm. Um, I just feel like I needed to read that because, you know, we all know that this has been a very trying year for our our world and (laughs) for our country. and, And it's just been like, it feels like it's been one thing like after another. And it's like, Lord, how much more... It just feels like we're going beat up, you know? Yeah. Um, but we have to have that trust that, like, it's a, it's going to come. Like, the Lord will reveal himself, if not already, you know what I mean? We've all had encounters, and I hope we've all had encounters of, like, a blessing, you know, while being in quarantine um, and while trying to solve the issue of racial injustice in our country. Like, I'm sure we've all had these small moments where God has revealed himself in some way, you know what I mean? But we also need to hear the promise that the Lord is going to reveal himself. Yeah. soon. You know what I mean?
1: And yeah. No, yeah, I completely agree. And like, I know for myself, like, I sometimes want to be the judge of a lot of things, um, whether it be like, the things that happen in our world or like in my house or in my ministry, like I want to be the one that judges. And it's really easy for me to fall in that sin of um, judgment. And so just to hear the Lord say like my justice is about to be revealed because I feel like sometimes I'm like, Lord, are you seeing this? Like this person, this person or this situation or this Thing that's going on, like, are you seeing this? And we can feel like the Lord's quiet, but here is like, my justice is about to be revealed. Like anything that was in the dark is about to be brought into light. You know what I mean? Like, try, like, trust me, beloved. Like everything that I, I, see you, and I see this, and I will be the judge. The judge. You don't have to do that. So hang off for a second, because it's so easy for me to fall in that sin um, of just wanting to be a judge.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, amen. I'm so like that, and I'm. I will always be the first to be like, that was, it's not fair. I'm a good person. (laughs) Why? But yeah, you're so right. Like he will bring, he's the one that is the judge and will bring justice because, because he also knows that there have been times that people have said that, that I've done an injustice to someone and I deserve to be judged for it. You know what I mean? Um, We're not always, we're, we are sometimes the victim, but also I am often the the one that did the wrong to someone else. You know what I mean? Um yeah. none of us is perfect.
1: Yeah. Even um like false persecution. Um, that's one thing that like, um, I feel like the Lord is watching. You know, like the Lord is gonna be just for those people that were falsely persecuted. Um, in our churches, with ourselves, with our families, like whatever it may be. A lot of people right now I feel like they're feeling very falsely persecuted by mm. whatever it is, right? So it just I think it's beautiful and actually brings me a lot of peace that the Lord is just going, he's going to be the judge and everything's going to be revealed, you know? So it's tight.
0: (laughs) tight. (laughs) Amen. All right, cool. Shall we go on to the second reading? Yes. Awesome. So the second reading is from the letter to the Romans chapter 11, verses 13 to 15 and verses 29 to 32. Brothers and sisters, I am speaking to you, Gentiles. Inasmuch as I am the apostle to the Gentiles, I glory in my ministry in order to make my race jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? For the gifts and the call of God are irrevocable. Just as you once disobeyed God, but have now received mercy because of their disobedience. So they have now disobeyed in order that by virtue of the mercy shown to you, they too may now receive mercy. For God delivered all to disobedience that he might have mercy upon us all. Hmm. This is like super confusing wording to me. I think I need to, uh, okay. like, I'm, I'm going to, like, take a second and, like, reread yeah. the beginning of this. So we know what Gentiles are. Gentiles are non-Jews, someone coming from a non-Jewish background.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's called the Apostle to the Gentiles, not because he was a Gentile, because he wasn't. Paul was a Jew. He was a Jewish Pharisee. Mm-hmm. But he preached acceptance of the Gentiles. They should be allowed to be Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, without having to do, like, the Jewish stuff and follow the Jewish laws. Um, What do you make of this part where he says, I glory in my ministry in order to make my race jealous and thus save some of them?
2: Hmm. Oh, gosh.
0: I think, I don't think he's talking actually about race. I think he's talking about Judaism. Mm -hmm. um and possibly some of his like former fellow pharisees you know what i mean um so he's saying i glory in my ministry in order to make my race jealous and thus save some of them so in other words he wants to draw attention to what he's doing to attract some more people to it
1: i was just about to say that
0: okay cool that makes that makes more sense to me yeah um And then this next line, I definitely need to reread. For if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? What do you make of that part? Any thoughts? This is confusing wording.
2: It is very confusing wording. It's
0: probably a translation thing, and this is why I wish I could read... Greek or Hebrew because uh, it's just like not it doesn't flow in English Um, yeah I I think it it has to do with that same idea for if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world so if if these Jewish people reject Christ the world will be reconciled what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? So whether or not, this is just me talking it out, so let me know what you think about this. <laughs> For if their rejection is reconciliation from the world. So like, if the world rejects Christians, that will help bring in the reconciliation of the world, right? Like like there will be mercy bestowed upon us because of the sacrifice Mm-hmm. Of those that are rejected for their faith,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but if the if they do accept Christ, then they've they've they're going to receive life after death, eternal life, so yeah. he's saying, even if the Jews don't listen to me, it's okay because the world is going to be reconciled mm-hmm. because of Christians and their sacrifice, but if they do accept christianity then that's great because then they're going to have eternal life
1: yeah no yeah i completely agree with you yeah because if they reject and there's reconciliation of the world it gives them the opportunity to be quote-unquote saved Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so and then um and then like what will their acceptance be but life from the dead meaning that them accepting it they will be able to have life eternal life with jesus right so it's really, huh? it's it's hard to translate. It really is, it's right? Hard, it's
0: hard to read, <laughs> yeah,
1: but yeah, I agree with you,
0: okay, cool. So that's the first half. The second half isn't so so bad. He's Paul's talking about the gifts, right? The gifts mm-hmm. and the call of God are irrevocable. means they can't be taken away. That's easy. Mm-hmm. What do you make of this line? Just as you once disobeyed God, but have now received mercy, because of their disobedience. Because of their disobedience. Who's the they that we're talking That's what I was going to say. <laughs> the they. Oh, see, we're missing. See, you got to go back. This is why I don't like when they break the reading up. So in verse 28, which is not part of this reading, mm-hmm. it says, in respect to the gospel, they are enemies on your account. But in respect to election, they are beloved because of the, of the patriarchs so um i think we're talking about gentiles Mm -hmm. um there are enemies in your i don't know i think that's right why are people even listening to me in this podcast i don't even know what i'm talking about (laughs) um (laughs) A hardening. So, verse, I'm just going to, how about this? I'll just read the part that was cut out, starting at verse 25. I do not want you to be unaware of this mercy, brothers, so that you will not become wise in your own estimation. A hardening has come upon Israel in part until the full number of the Gentiles comes in. So, I think who he's talking about here are the Gentiles. He's talking, this letter is for the Gentiles that have accepted Christ, right? The Gentiles that have become Christian. I think who he's talking about here are the Gentiles that have not accepted Christ, the non, the non-Jews. Mm-hmm. So just have you, as you once disobeyed God, but have now received mercy. Um, they have now disobeyed in order that by virtue of the mercy shown to you, they too may now receive mercy. So it's kind of almost like these non, these non-Christian Gentiles yes, have sinned, have been disobedient, have rejected God, like all forms of God, right? They're not Jewish. This is an opportunity for them to receive the mercy and the grace of God. So it, again, it's, it's like, yeah, they've sinned, they've messed up, they've rejected God, but it's okay because now they ha- you have this opportunity to show mercy to them and they have the opportunity to now receive mercy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah. I I just feel like it has to do with a little bit of, because I showed you mercy, you also have to show mercy. Mm, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, And not to be judgmental, (laughs) um, I feel like they never knew what mercy was. Mm. So the Lord is literally trying to teach them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, because yeah that totally makes sense because um you know the jewish religion at the time was very transactional if you made a yeah. sin you had to make a sacrifice, a yeah. sacrifice for it right there's no um great. there's no right exactly so this idea of mercy that's given freely mm-hmm. without anything expected in return is is a, a new concept
1: mm-hmm. yeah because i feel like it's a little over explained which is why it's kind of difficult to understand <laughs> yes for oh. sure um, because I feel like he is literally trying to teach them what mercy is, the concept of receiving but also giving.
0: yes you know I mean? Yeah, I think that makes total sense. Okay. I feel like we have more of a handle on it now. Thank you for talking it out with me. <laughs> that was hard. <laughs> it was super hard. This is why I do this podcast. It's for totally selfish reasons because if I had heard that um in mass with mm-hmm. no context, I would have been like what? Uh, No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> for sure yeah so there we go boom the gospel is way easier i promise yeah <laughs> okay so the gospel ashley is going to read matthew chapter 15 verses
1: 21 to 28 okay at that time jesus withdrew to the reign of tyree and sidon and behold a Canaanite woman of that district came and called out have pity on me lord son of david my daughter is tormented by a demon But Jesus did not say a word in answer to her. Jesus' disciples came and asked him, send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And the woman came and did Jesus homage, Mm -hmm. saying, Lord, help me. He said in reply, it is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. She said, please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Then Jesus said to her in reply, "O oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And the woman's daughter was healed from that hour.
0: Mm. Um, anything that stuck out to you? So as I'm reading this, one
1: thing that I'm like okay, Jesus, what is when he says it is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. Um, And that kind of caught me a little, like off guard, because first of all, it sounds kind of mean. (laughs) It sounds kind of mean. And I'm like, why are you saying that, Jesus? But basically, like, I feel like what he's trying to say is, um, because you're not a Jew, and you're a Canite, and I'm here to bless the Jews it wouldn't be right for me to feed the dogs or to feed you because I'm here to feed the Jews, right? Mm -hmm. And so her response, if you like translate what he's trying to say, her response in saying, please Lord, even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters, is, it just shows humility. Like there's this humility behind what she's saying. And the fact that she is going on, not even on behalf of herself, but like on behalf of her daughter, is, is just is crazy to me like the love of Christ and the love for her daughter and like not only the love for her daughter but the faith that she has in Jesus that she can go on behalf is like oh my like am I like that like do I have that kind of courage to go on behalf of a member of the body of Christ mm. you know what I mean? and yeah so that's just kind of what kind of stood out to me
0: yeah, I I love that. And it's obviously like this is how these readings all tie together because this all these readings are clearly about like the gen the Gentiles yeah. and um and how, you know, the the Lord is is for all. But yeah, like he I think by doing this for her people's perception of him probably changed because they perceived him as the as the Jewish Messiah, which he was, yeah. but for then for him to then even like talk to a Canaanite woman, and we see this with the woman at the well as well, right? Like yeah. let alone to to heal her daughter, the people would have been like, "What?" Like we thought you were for us, which is what yeah. he's he's saying. And and the thing with the dog, like it it re- literally because I was reading the footnotes because it doesn't sit right, right? When Jesus that doesn't sit. A dog doesn't make us feel all warm and fuzzy inside. But I was reading the footnotes and it says that's literally just like, it's what, it was like a slang term that Jews used for Gentiles. So it was just what they were called at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Uh, So, wait, hold on, where is it that he said that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And what you said about the scraps really stood out to me because He says, it's not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. And she says, please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. So, like, that food that you're giving to the the Jewish people, which is, you know, your word Mm -hmm. and your teachings, I can take that, too. Like, I can eat it as well. Like, you know what I mean? It's for me. It is feeding me as well. And it can be for, you know. a a gentile it can it can be for that as well um and i love that it says from that hour the woman's daughter was healed Mm -hmm. like he didn't even have to go to her yeah it says like from that moment she was healed you know what i mean
2: yeah
0: um which is which is really cool
2: yeah
0: um oh here's something that struck me too is that she addresses him the first thing she says to him is, Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. So the first thing she asks for is mercy, but then she addresses him as son of David. Yeah. Which means that even though she's not Jewish, she knows Jewish stuff. Like she knows that he's to be called son of David because she believes that he's a Messiah, even though she's not Jewish. Yeah. Isn't that, in, that just struck? Yeah. I just caught that right now.
1: Acknowledging who he is. Yeah. yeah you know, it isn't her belief. Um, no, like something that I actually admire from this woman is that she was ignored the first time mm. and she was still persistent. Like she still was like, okay, like the Lord was silent. Like Jesus was silent. Like how many times in our lives do we come and say, Lord, help me. And he's silent. Mm. And she didn't, she wasn't like, okay, I guess you're not actually Jesus. Like you're not actually who they say you are, you know, like she right. continued and she was persistent. But then the like the apostles made fun of her and said, get this woman away from us. You know, and like how many times in our lives have we been like, Lord, help me, no reply. We continue to be persecuted. Like, are we like this woman who continues to persevere and like mm-hmm. believe in who Jesus says that he is, you know? And I think, and that's why at the end the Lord says, a oh, woman great is your faith, you know? So I, that's just one thing that like, it really stood out to me was like, she was so sure in who he is, you know, instead I, of just, you know, forget it. Like, you're not actually who you say you are. She continued and she continued to persevere that. Um, but yeah, she was like, yeah, he. she continued to worship him. Is basically what I'm trying to say is like, she continued to worship him and who he was. So yeah, I know I have to work on that for sure. Sometimes when I feel like i am dry seasons, I'm like, God, you just hate me. Yeah. <laughs> I care
0: well, about I have, me. yeah or I just have no motivation to try yeah prayer because not work it's not working it's not working or even like when i go to mass or i'm like or i watch you know like during quarantine i've I've been watching you know mass online Mm -hmm. i'm like unmotivated to do it most mornings because i'm like well Jesus isn't gonna show up for me anyway like you know like because of that spiritual dryness um but I also wonder, like the faith of this woman is amazing. And I think it's just enhanced because she's doing it, like you said, on behalf of her daughter. Yeah. You know I mean? Like the love of a of a parent
2: yeah.
0: will they'll do it like she'll do anything for her daughter here. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And I see that, um, and I'm I'm thinking about like you and, and more like Mary, like I think about how Mary sees us all as her spiritual children. Mm-hmm. And I think she's the same for us. like I think yeah. she would stop at nothing to like bring our prayers to her son. yeah, you know what I mean. And she is for us that persistent parent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
1: love that. No, yeah. Um, yeah, I also feel like her and Jesus like share that in common in the way that she came on behalf of her daughter of her daughter, and Jesus came on behalf of humanity like you know what i mean like Mm. they both shared that love and i feel like they kind of understood each other in that way i don't know that just kind of struck to me um just her her faith was so great so the lord knew right he knew that she was going to be persistent and it's actually kind of a conviction to his apostles who were like get this woman away from us but um i yeah this is beautiful but yeah if you read it one time you're like oh what the why why did jesus say like, get away from me, you know, but just shows the, the faith that that woman had, and I love that.
0: Yeah, even as, I love what you pointed out, that that Jesus is silent the first time. It says Jesus did not say a word in answer to her, like, yeah. we really have to work, I really have to work on staying motivated to pray
2: Yeah.
0: when I feel like Jesus is not answering, because that can last a long, a long time, you know what I mean? I yeah. think of, like, Mother Teresa, who experienced A long period of spiritual dryness (laughs) through the end of her life. And like she never stopped being persistent in in her prayer. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I would rather Jesus look at me and be like, Ashley, great is your faith than oh beloved, like if you had been persistent, if you had just trusted, like, I had this for you. You know what I mean? Like or had you just been born patient and grown in that virtue, like I had this. I'd rather him tell me, woman. Ashley, great is your faith. So yeah, we have to remember, well, I have to remember that. <laughs> those, those areas in like dry seasons where I'm like, Lord, you're not answering me. <laughs> you're not as quick as you usually are. Why? Right. right. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, great. So I was going to ask you if you have a challenge for us based on these readings, but perhaps maybe you've already given it or you want to give something different. That's fine. But what do you think is, um, what do you think we can do this week you know, with these, with these readings that we've just read? Um,
1: I, like, from the first reading, I think that um, I just challenge you guys to, like, to really, really, like, read those couple of lines that we were talking about, but, like, and, like, where we are in humanity and where you are in your life, like, if you're being a judge, like, where can you just give it to Jesus? You know what I mean? Like, and, like, remembering that those sacrifices, those prayers, those things that, even if it was, Lord, like, I'm just not going to eat this cookie today. And I offer that up to you. You know, like, what small sacrifices can you give to the Lord? Um, Or even if it's just, Lord, like, I'm just maybe going to skip a meal today. And I offer that for you. Um, Those little sacrifices add up. So whatever it may be, like, um, if you need to grow in heart and grow in humility, grow in whatever you need to grow in, offer that sacrifice behind it. And it actually grows and it helps you um, grow in that virtue, but also just allowing the Lord to like do that prayer intention because of the sacrifice that you were able to give. And it all comes with humility, right? So if you're humble, if your humility goes great and it's like, Lord, I'm not going to eat this cookie today, but I give it with so much humility. It it counts. You know, like, like sometimes we, we're like, Oh, like I wish I, I wish I personally can wish I can fast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I can't, I can't do that. But what I can do is sacrifice maybe one meal or sacrifice, um, less time on the screen right so whatever it is whatever small sacrifices um I just challenge you to like give it with so much humility and so much love um and allow it to grow yourself in virtue like end up in that process and then um what one other thing is like how can we be more like the canite woman Mm. how can we be more like her do we have to be persistent do we have to continue to be persistent um, with Jesus? Are you in a dry season? Um, and you have to invite the Lord in those areas, even if you can't hear him or there's no response or, um, or do you have to go on behalf of somebody? Like, do you have to intercede for somebody? Um, and just like where in your life, who do you have to bring to the cross this is basically what I'm trying to say. Like, who do you have to bring to Jesus and how persistent will you be for that person? You know, so that's kind of what I'm going to challenge myself <laughs> this week with is the Canite woman and those little sacrifices. Like, how that's, can I like
0: her? Yeah, thank you so much. Because, yeah, we have so much to learn from her.
1: Yeah.
0: I feel like I need to, I'm going to read this story more and more because it's, I feel like we pay attention to more women in the New Testament, which is fine and beautiful. But, like, yeah, there's so much that we can learn from this from this yeah. woman's example.
1: Something but, I think is so beautiful is that she wasn't a Jew. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter where you are in your life. Like maybe you're not Catholic and you're listening to this podcast or maybe um, you're not very devout or whatever it may be like, be like this woman and like in persistence, you know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. matter where you are, obviously, because this woman got it. This woman was great in faith. So wherever you are in life, um, I just challenge you to see where, how you can be more like her. Yeah.
0: Amen. Yes. Yes. Ashley. Thank yeah. you. This yeah. has been so I just loved talking to you and talking over these with you. And um it's good that you're a theology major and a youth minister because you're good you're good at teaching this stuff. <laughs> and we need more people like you. Oh the um, spirit. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but here you're you're allowing him to work yeah. for you. Um, Ashley, where can we connect with you and learn more about what you're doing? So
1: I have my own personal Instagram, which is Mary Ash underscore. So it's M A R Y A S H H underscore. Um, and that's my personal Instagram, which, um, I just really just post like devotionals and posts, things that has to do with the Lord. Um, my DMs are always open. I'm such a, like, I love ministering to people and I love just having friends and growing community. So those DMs are always open to you guys. And we have our woman's ministry, uh, more like Mary. So literally it's just at more like Mary underscore. And, um, yeah, me, Jess, and Bree, every week we have a different theme of what we're talking about. Like, this week we talked about our Blessed Mother. The week before we talked about, like, how we can be more through the cross. So every week is different. So I just invite you guys to come and grow in sisterhood with us.
0: Beautiful. I love it. I love it. Thank you um, for what you guys are doing with that. And, um, yeah, just thanks so much for taking the time and being on today. I so appreciate it. Yeah, thank you.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And it would be awesome if you could give us a good rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Those ratings help us get this message of the gospel out to as many people as possible. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Shower of Roses and like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash A Shower of Roses podcast. You can also check out A Shower of Roses for more information about the show or to send us an email or feedback. We'll see you back here next Wednesday. God bless you and have a great week.